everybody welcome back once again to another episode of Dr. Movie where the doctor is always in his car well for the most part the majority of these shows I'm recording while I'm, I'm driving every once in a while I get to stop and do one indoors but uh, that's not the case this time uh, so I'm on the road and following up from Anthropophagus my Dusty Rhodes version. After Fox of this, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Um, we're going to talk about the follow-up from 1981 called Absurd. Uh, another Diamato classic. Uh, this one and the movie prior to this, of course, Sam Edwards asked you know for me to review both of them because they are kind of sister movies of each other, and. Um, I'm pretty sure I know why he wanted me to cover these because uh, these are like like Fulci movies that nobody ever really talks about, right? They're that level of type of movie, even though it's Joe D'Amato. And like I said in the last episode, that, that guy's made so many movies, it's just ridiculous. There's no way you can... It'd be a whole episode just to read off the names of every movie that he either wrote or produced or directed it's just incredible and uh, this is his heyday of movie making and uh, these kind of splatter fest this one's considered just a straight up horror movie called Absurd 1981 uh, as far as the cast the only thing you need to know is George Eastman's in this which I think he even wrote this story for this movie which wrote the story is a pretty far stretch, really, when you think about what this movie is, because uh, I'll give you my own synopsis. Let's see if I can find a real synopsis, and then I'll give you my own synopsis. So here we go. A priest doctor chasing a man. A priest doctor. I told the priest doctor that she's in love with me. Uh, something like that. That's witch doctor. Sorry. A priest doctor chasing a man with supernatural regenerative abilities who has recently escaped from a medical lab, uh, reaches a small town where the mutant goes on a killing spree. Yeah, okay. That's a, that's a pretty good description. Uh, here's my description. Uh, George Eastman watched Halloween 1 and 2 and just rewrote it and just left the mask out of it. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Because... Uh, Let's see. A guy with powers that every time you think you've killed him, he kind of regenerates and comes back. And he's chasing... Basically, it comes down to him terrorizing a babysitter while the parents are away. Yeah. And there's even a conversation of the boogeyman. The boogeyman will come and get you. Uh, what do you mean the boogeyman? I'm, what would the boogeyman do? Something you've even got, you know... Almost direct lines from Halloween. However, the big difference here is um, Halloween with Michael Myers, you get quick kills, right? He doesn't beat around the bush. It's 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 stabby stabby, stick you to a wall, choke you out real fast, you know, Michael Myers style. This movie, George Eastman's character, Spinophilus or whatever his name is, Miko. Um, 
it's very Fulci-like. That's the reason I brought it up earlier. These, these death scenes are drawn out. Probably way longer than they should be. Probably more realistic in a more realistic way than, than we see in most of our American flicks. That's really the big difference in this one. And we get some pretty impressive kills. I mean, the first one is a nurse at a hospital. And this, this small drill goes in one side of the temple and comes out the other side of the temple. Pretty good effect. It's drawn out. takes a long time. Another guy gets killed on a bandsaw. George Eastman takes his head and rams it into the bandsaw and it's cutting into his brain. So the deal is, well, again, uh, it starts off with George Eastman run, running from another guy that's dressed all in black. We don't know that he's a priest yet, but we find out later on. But he's being chased and he's trying to cross this security gate. It's the old wrought iron affair with the spikes on the top of the fence, right? Well, George climbs up on the fence to jump over, and the priest grabs his feet to hold him from jumping over. And when he does, he slips and impales himself on these on these spikes on top of the fence. Then he goes to the house that he was trying to get to, opens the door, and of course he's standing there holding his intestines because they've come out. They call the doctors. They come and get him. They do surgery on him, and then he starts healing really quick. And from that point on, uh, it's it's discussed by our priest, who is, let's just face it, he's Loomis. That's uh, it's just, again, that's what this story is. It's it's Halloween retold. Uh, and, and not badly, matter of fact. I'm, I'm going to say this might be a better, well, not to make anybody mad. If I was going to watch... The Halloween remake by Rob Zombie or watch this one, I'd probably go with this one. Just say it. That's a bold statement. But this feels more like a Halloween remake than Halloween. Uh, with that being said, anyways, y'all can comment on that if you want. That's just my feelings. Uh, not that I didn't dislike Rob Zombie's Halloween. I mean, it's it's guttural, right? It's It's got its points. We'll cover it eventually. Uh, but this one, this straight up Halloween. I mean, everything about it. You're just missing the mask, and it's not, and it's not Halloween. You know, but the rest of the story is intact. Um, good effects. I mean, just, again, this is something D'Amato does very well. I know he's not the guy that does the effects, but you know, he's making the shots here. And uh, matter of fact, we're, I'm going to bring up another movie this week as well that he did that. He kind of had to do like Diodato did and prove that the people weren't really killed in the movie, right? And had to bring them to court and prove that they were still alive. That's how effective the effects were. Um, and at this time, you know, you didn't see movies with a lot of entrails, things like this in it, right? Again, Fulci and uh, Diamato were kind of heading that up. And, uh... You know, you got uh, a family situation here, the house that, that he that George Eastman goes to. They've got a young lady that's uh, kind of bedridden. She's in some kind of device that, you know, keeps her from being able to move at all. She's strapped down to this bed, kind of in a bad situation. And uh, that's kind of the storyline of, of her situation. So the last thing you want is some maniac coming in there and 
causing any kind of havoc, right? <laughs> so, uh, they take Eastman to the hospital. They do surgery on him. He's regenerating himself. And uh, they, you know, give you the story of his body reju re rejuvenates, but it also causes him to go insane at the same time. So his brain is growing at a rapid pace, too. And so it's discussed that if we destroy the brain, then we destroy him and he can't regenerate anymore. Um, another movie, which, let's face it, this movie, too, is a Halloween ripoff, but uh, well, it went blank. Yeah, Silent Rage. I wanted to say Silent Scream, but I knew it wasn't right. Silent Rage, the Chuck Norris flick, right? Where he basically fights Michael Myers, right? Ironically, uh, kind of like the last movie we talked about. In that movie, Chuck Norris knocks a dude off in a well. That's kind of where it ends. Um, but yeah, uh, this whole rejuvenating thing is pretty interesting because the more you shoot him and stuff, it just makes him angry, right? Uh, and he's got these powers and he's not afraid to use them and like I said he takes his time when he's killing people it's it's not let's get it over with quick kind of thing it's a long drawn-out process and um, it gets down to where the parents are away for the night going to watch the Steelers and the Rams play a football game which I'm probably I would imagine the most expensive thing that's in this movie is them being able to show the footage of an actual NFL game in some of these scenes because you even got you know it's Bradshaw it's it's back in you know those times of, of football so uh you know there's the budget right there but uh overall this is a good flick and uh the the caretaker is trying to take care of the kids so they don't you know get taken by the boogeyman right and uh she comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat with our bad guy Miko and uh, Miko opens up the oven and I'm thinking I'm thinking okay he's gonna like fold her up <laughs> and put her in there and bake a pie out of her but no he he turns the gas on and just holds her head into the oven for a long time not for the gas to get her but just the heat overall heat and he holds her for an extremely long time this scene goes on forever and you know, she finally collapses. You're thinking, okay, well, she's done. And then when that's happening, you see the little boy run away, and he's trying to jump out a window. George Eastman grabs him, or Miko grabs him. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the caretaker jumps back up and attacks George Eastman with a knife. And the kid gets away, but George Eastman just turns around, takes the knife, and jabs it right under her chin, up into her neck. Pretty gruesome. And, uh, that's the end of her. And then it comes down to the priest showing up at the house. At the same time, uh, the little boy is trying to get into his sister's room, who's bedridden. She starts undoing all the straps herself, gets herself out of the bed, and uh, starts having a, her own confrontation with Miko. And uh, the priest hadn't shown up yet. But, of course, you know, she's been bedridden all this time, but she ends up stabbing him, stabbing George Eastman in the eyes with her protractor. You know, she's been drawing all these symbols and stuff for fun. And uh, now he's blind and she can't get around very well because, again, she's been bedridden all this time.
but she turns up the stereo really loud with this organ music to kind of hide her track so he can't find where she is and he's stumbling everywhere trying to find her and uh, he finally gets his hands on her and obviously that's when the the priest shows up with a gun gonna shoot him nine times right uh, again it's 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 Loomis and uh, he gets the priest down on the ground Miko does and then just laying around the house for no obvious reason is a, is a battle axe <laughs> and uh, the girl picks up the axe and goes over and gives him about I don't know 25 30 whacks with the thing she just keeps going and keeps going and uh, <laughs> and then all the parents show up and the cops show up everybody shows up at the same time and the little girl comes out the front door and she's bloody from head to toe and all the parents are just like oh my gosh what what's happened you know and her little brother's out there with her parents she goes look Willie I think his name's Willie or Willis you don't have to worry anymore. I took care of it. And she's got George Eastman's head in her hand. <laughs> and that's how it goes off. Uh, you know, pretty cool. You know, so she cut his head off not knowing that that's the only way they said that it could be stopped. But come on, let's face it. That's how you, you know, put an end to anything, really, is you make sure the head is cut off. That way you know that it's it's a done deal, right? Uh this one is a bit more enjoyable than the last one just because of the fact of it doesn't drag as much. It doesn't have as much of that 70s feel. It still has it. Again, that's just Diamato, right? Uh, it's weird for an Italian director to take the time to build more story into it than we're used to because most of them just bypass that altogether. People don't want to hear explanation. They just want to see action. Uh, this one's this one's a good one. I think if you're a, a slasher fan of any kind, you got to see this one, right? It, it works really well. It holds up pretty dang well. And uh, take that for what it is. Uh, I'm actually going to give this a I'm going to give it a three out of five as well. I do think it's better than than the other movie we covered, Anthropophagus. Uh, but for different reasons, right? The other one's more infamous because of some scenes. Uh, I just think this one's a better movie, and it is. And uh, even on IMDb, they give this a 5.3 out of 10 stars. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there where it's at. Middle of the road. But I do think it's it barely beats out the other movie. And it's quite enjoyable. So there you go, folks. Uh, hope you look these up. These Both of these are free on Tubi right now. So, you've got nothing to lose, check them out, and uh, let me know what you think. All right, folks, we will check you later.